Welcome to episode 11 of the Skillshot Pincast. I'm Graham Clem. I'm Kayla. And uh, we are here after a long, busy summer. A uh, little recap, uh, just from August forward, let's say. Uh, Ed Robertson from the Bare Naked Ladies and Darren Hanlon. The same day we did our crosscast with the Sidekicks pod that was squad so fun. there. Yeah. It was so much fun. That whole day was crazy. I know we've touched upon it a lot, but uh, a- after the- that, we had Kevin and Raymond on. Yeah, that was a lot of uh, fun too. Yeah, talking about B Division with them. That was awesome. And that went really well too, the it- Northwest Pinball Championships. There was one power outage during the thing, but oh, they made really? it work. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So there was a moment where like people were playing their games and just, whoop, done, no power. Hmm. But they-, they worked their way through it from what I heard. Word. Nice work, boys. Um, yeah, and uh, and then right after... Well, we our last episode we just recorded a couple weeks ago when Kayla got back. Right. But in the meantime, you were gone for, what, three weeks? Three and a half. Three like, and a half weeks. Close to a month, yeah. Yeah. Trekking around yeah. Europe. And take us... Just give us an just the quick audio map of where you sure, went, and sure. then we'll start breaking it down. So um, I found Copenhagen was the cheapest place to fly into because it's the most expensive city probably in the world. Mm. <laughs> I think that everyone there is made out of gold. <laughs> um, so I went uh, Iceland Air to Seattle, Reykjavik, Copenhagen, then London, and d- two days London, then Wales, uh, Ireland, Manchester, Rome, Berlin, Copenhagen, Reykjavik, Seattle. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh. So my bookend of travel was like 24 hours each way, like between where I landed in Europe and Seattle is like about 24 hours of travel. It was a little nuts. It <laughs> sounds nuts. But you had many adventures sure and did. interesting opportunities along the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Um, so we're going to, we have uh, clips from three different highlights uh, uh, all in the UK, right? Right. It's so the UK pinball party in uh, Merthyr Tidville in Wales. Cool. Uh, should we just do all the UK stuff first and then talk about the rest of your trip? Or do you yeah. want to talk about the rest of the trip and then do the. We can do it chronologically. That's Okay, fine. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh,. <laughs> Then, uh, by the way, this episode is about my trip. (laughs) Yes, yes, Kayla's trip. That's probably the title. You probably know that already, or you know that we've decided to name it something else. Otherwise, um, either way, you're one step ahead of us right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, so, uh, so the UK pinball party. Yeah. So, uh, once I decided I was going to Europe, I clearly like looked up where I could play pinball. Sure. And then it's like I landed on. August 20th in London and saw that the 23rd, I think, was the UK pinball party. I was like, well, yeah, I clearly have to go to that. And wasn't quite sure. Like, I, I OT at Highway Pinball Factory was really helpful, um, helping, like, getting me information of how to get to Wales from London and where I could stay and all that. And she was really great. Um, I went to the pipeline in London and met Thomas and his son Oscar. And they ended up giving me a ride to Wales, which is about a three-hour car trip. And that was fantastic. I was like, oh, I thought I had to take a bus and a train and all this. <laughs> and like, I wasn't really sure what was going to go on. But yeah, picked me up at 7.30. We got there about 10, 10.30. And it's it was a giant vacant warehouse. Not vacant, but giant warehouse. Lots of big space. With about 100 pinball machines and people from Scotland, Ireland, all over the UK, like a few French folks, a few Dutch folks. Um, and I just kind of got into the thick of it and signed up for the classics, did okay on a few games, not enough to get, move on. Um, the Played in the main tournament, the Open, the UK Open, and managed to move on to the next day. Which Congratulations. Is great. Thank you. 
um, I was in a group. It was a round robin style, so it was like best mm. of ten or best of eleven, I think. And of course, like me and Kaylee were in the same group. It's oh like boy, of the course. only two Americans. You guys <laughs> gonna pair them up together? So like, okay, at some point I have to play Kaylee. Like, when mm-hmm. do I want to get that out of the way now, or do I want to hold it for later? So I was like, let's just see how my games go. And that one's kind of a throwaway anyways. Though mm-hmm. I did have him on the ropes in ball three. I almost beat him on getaway, mm-hmm. which would have been fantastic. But as, as long as I can hold my own, I feel okay with that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, there was a lot of like weird synchronous or like weird things like where the supercharger worked on the game I played on getaway earlier, but it didn't work on the way on I played with Kay- Kaylee. So mm-hmm. just kind of have to like adapt and go with it. Um, but then I would have, like, I played Monster Bash with a, a person from Ireland, and they're like, oh, I've never played this game before. I was Ooh. like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of things I we just take for granted as Americans with pinball, because <laughs> it's thriving and from here. So, like, sure. of course, it's great. But, um, yeah, I would give tips to, like, once I saw that guy, like, playing next to me in a game, I was like, hey, do you know how to play this game? Like, you should do this and this and this. And, like, eh, I'm not really going to give my opponent those tips while I'm playing them. Sure. <laughs> and I did have, like, two shutout games where, like, I played uh, Royal Rumble. And I just, like, could not drain and <laughs> finish my game at, like, 260 million to, like, my opponent's 60 million. Oh, wow. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and X-Men was, like, 80 million to 1 million. I was like, ugh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, I kind of know what I'm doing here, and it's clear that you don't. But I also had that happen to me on, like, Striker Extreme, or I think, or what? Uh, there was one, one, like, soccer football-themed game that I, I didn't know very well. And my opponent went from, like, it was a, a Gottlieb premiere, and he went from, like, two million points to like 260 million points on one shot i was like okay oh i really know how have no idea what you're doing um but yeah it worked out and it was a lot of fun um mm-hmm. there was i wish i had talked to her there's a girl kate morris that was at the show and she ended up doing all the voice acting on game of thrones pinball which is oh really wow cool. yeah so like somehow steve ritchie like found out about her she's the top ranked female uk pinball player and she's in the top 20 of women right now. I think she's maybe like 15th or something. And so he got a hold of her and like, would you like to do voice acting on it? And she's like, oh, fucking course. You wow. Know? And I read an interview that was really cute where she's like, I don't know how it's going to be when I play it. And I tell myself to lock a ball and it's going to be really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> which is pretty cool. An extra level of self-consciousness yeah. that most of us will <laughs> never have to deal with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So that's pretty cool. So kudos to Kate Morris. That's awesome. I wish I had talked to you at the show. Um, but yeah, I met like a lot of fun people. Like they had a dinner with Joe Balser. Uh, they had a pig roast, and I opted for the beans and, and bread items and vegetables. So like, yeah, not very vegetarian mm-hmm. friendly, but we made it work. How, how did you? Uh, this is definitely a, a tangent, but uh, I was talking about this sort of thing earlier today with friends. Sure. How did you find the food in the UK? Uh, bland yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of, of not to knock like, on the brits i actually i love the uk yeah. uh but yeah the cuisine is underwhelming i i yeah. my theory is that's why the british empire did so well <laughs> like they were just aggressively trying to colonize colonize and uh you know it uh just import oh, just new, carbs, new cuisines right? yeah, yeah also that yeah <laughs> you know like that's why they were so aggressive about subjugating india's because they wanted mm-hmm. some curry at oh, the end yeah. of the day and some uh yeah. Yeah, I wish I had gotten Locked some like curry takeaway in London, but I opted for like 
wraps and uh i mean there's kebab shops everywhere oh like, yeah sure sure but yeah i mean the indian presence there is like very clear oh yeah um but yeah i, I broke my uh when i'm traveling like i kind of just take whatever i get mm-hmm. like i don't really want to make a stink of it so like sure when i'm in ireland at my my friend's boyfriend's mom's house and mm-hmm. she's like do you want sausage i'm like oh sure it's just easier than saying like i'm a vegetarian do you I have anything else completely understand <laughs> yeah. and i've run into situations like that before i'm not straight up a vegetarian but i yeah um when i worked on well i'm just gonna dive into stories right. we're just you know this is a, this is yeah, this is the this kayla's is trip episode yeah. but yeah it's just the two of us <laughs> hanging out in the room so we're gonna chit chat so i hope you guys like it oh yeah yeah no i i completely hear you i um I, when I worked on the Obama campaign in 2008, mm-hmm. and I was out in rural Colorado, like oh west, my out in the mountains, and it was beautiful, and I met a million awesome people, and it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite places in the world. Sure, sure. But having said that, um, like the first people I stayed with uh, in, for supporter housing when I drove out there mm-hmm. uh, up in Crested Butte, gorgeous, gorgeous little town, um, they made me they they made some delicious homemade chili and mm-hmm. I wasn't going to turn down their generosity. Right. And to be fair, it was delicious. Right, right. And yeah. I was sick later that night. Yeah. Because my stomach could not handle not ground beef. Yeah. That. I also that uh there were two other times somebody else brought me Chinese food once and I was like, Okay, sure. And, <laughs> yeah. Um but then uh this one guy who was a little crazy <laughs> but um before he really yeah, expose some of his craziness. He uh, generously insisted on having me and one of my out-of-state volunteers over for dinner, mm-hmm. and he cooked us a fantastic meal, including uh, some meat that he had uh, procured himself uh, <laughs> out hunting. Was, I had a feeling that was coming. <laughs> yeah, it was black bear. Oh my goodness! The one and only time I ever planned to have bear. Wow! And I will I th- full disclosure. It was amazing because he slow cooked it and just in a, and i wasn't sick for that thankfully but uh yeah it was you had uh, mind over matter at that point probably, yeah for right? sure for sure um but yeah it was uh, it's yeah it's always weird to be mm-hmm. yeah try you know don't want to be an uh, uncomfortable yeah look a gift horse in the mouth exactly yeah, even if that just, horse is on your plate and you don't want right. horse mouth for dinner but i mean i even <laughs> had friends like my friend in manchester i was like yeah i'm vegetarian but you know i'll just kind of like go with the flow and like that information went completely out the window after i had given it to him mm-hmm. he's like let's go get hot dogs i'm like okay and i look like, like oh there's not really anything i can have it's not a hot dog <laughs> you know at yeah. this place um so you know i just like adapt which is what we do as humans and absolutely you know it's like i, I tell people as a vegetarian it's like it's not that i don't like meat of course everyone likes the taste of it i just prefer not to eat it sure <laughs> you know? yeah yeah so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, another tangent. Shout out to a uh, uh, food truck in Seattle that I discovered two days ago. What up, dog? It's oh, a yeah? hot dog food truck. I had their Vietnamese veggie dog, and it was Ooh. amazing. It was like a banh mi veggie hot no dog. No way. That sounds so good. It's super good. Super good. So keep your eye out for what up, dog. <laughs> <laughs> not not sponsors of the podcast yet. <laughs> right. Um, all right. We so will try your, <laughs> try your dogs and let the, let the public know. <laughs> that's right. Let us try your dogs. Um, Anyways, let's go back to the UK. <laughs> the UK. So um, we're going to walk uh, the listeners here through your tour of the Highway Pinball Factory yeah, yeah. first. Cool. So, um, yeah, Andrew Highway was a delight. He's a very uh, passionate person. And I think what he's got going on at Highway Pinball Factory is a really cool thing. I mean, to be honest, when I walked in there, like I... I imagine that they kind of cleared things out for the 
the UK pinball party, but Mm -hmm. it didn't look like it was set up to be producing games at that point. Mm. But since then, they've been shipping games to America. Oh, so. Yeah. They got it up and running fast then. Yeah, they're doing it for sure. And they have all the parts that they need to do it. And they're doing a lot of things in-house, which is cool. Yeah. Um, So kudos to them. And I wish them success. Um, But we'll go ahead and play some clips. And I got to do a sneak peek of Alien while I was there, too. So I can talk about that a little bit after the clips. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to play these clips. Uh, We'll uh, try to roll with the pauses as they come. And we might 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 talk talk over them a little bit. So, you know. All right. Here we go. Now, what I'd like to show you is um, we're going to sort of work our way down this way. And these are two of our, behind you here, are two of our newest pieces of equipment. And uh, can anybody tell me what those machines are? Injection moulding machines, absolutely. Uh, And why have we got those? Well, the thing is, we have very serious aspirations about being, um, not only competing with our main competitors, but being the number one. This is is our raison d'etre, this is why we're here. We want to bring pinball back to being mainstream. In order to be able to do that, we have to be able to keep our costs down. We, we, We need to be able to offer our products in the market at a price which not only competes with our competitors, but hopefully can be even better than that. So how do we do that? Rather than outsourcing everything, we start insourcing stuff. We start making our own items here. So what these injection molding machines will do will allow us to make things like flipper bats, flipper bushings, the plastic lens inserts that you get uh, in the playfield surface, which we'll show you in a bit. All of these little plastic bits, we could be spending on an insert 35 cents, whereas we go and get a tool made, which costs about $2,000 to get this uh, made. But after that, it's one or two pence, maybe half a pence by the time you've got these off. So you're just churning these things out, and this is the kind of thing you need to do for mass production. But the other element of this... Okay, yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's where we cut that off. Yeah, I... that works. I mean, yeah, <laughs> sure. um, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. They're looking at the long term, it sounds like. For sure, like. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to, like, um, you know, build their own security, I guess. Sure. And they, they have... I met a few of the like private investors that like really believe in their company, which they're fortunate to have. Absolutely. And they've had their own stories of like um, tumultuous like pathways, like where like they had Dennis Nordman for a while and he signed off the project and like is no longer a part of it. <clears throat> but I mean, that's that's to go with any project that you have. Like sometimes people, things just don't work and it's worth trying. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they really care about their product and I think that they have a good idea. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I remember, uh, and there are some other, a handful of the other clips here from uh, the Highway Tour. It talks about the you know machines they have in house. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll be addressing this more. But I just I'll interject this now before I forget. I remember uh, when I sat in at the Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show uh, mm-hmm. on the making of the Hobbit. Like Jersey Jack mm-hmm. also talked a lot about how much they are trying to get things in house. So right, the pinball mob, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> mafia. Right, he doesn't yeah, want yeah. to pay the pinball mafia tax. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that's kind of been interesting. It seems like a lot of the independent uh, companies that are popping up yeah. over the last few years in the new pinball renaissance are uh, really... Uh, they're, re- they're reticent to like buy into that whole, like the way it's set up, I guess. Yeah, they're yeah. fiercely independent. It seems like they want to go it alone. And I, I don't blame them, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, and let's hear another clip about that here. The thing that we've learned is the more parts uh, um, you're getting from more suppliers, the more, uh, you know, you have poor quality or you have inaccuracies between different parts. So the more parts you can keep a direct control of, the better your whole quality <laughs> control aspect is going to go and be. And then the third thing is, to, is actually just demand as well. You'd be surprised, you know, we might talk to a supplier and you know, they're desperate for your business, but then all of a sudden they've got a big order book from other customers. You go to them and say, that's it, great, we want 100,000 parts. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we can't do it for another six weeks. Well, we've got to shut our production down like, for six weeks. We have to keep going. 
So you know, the more stuff that we can do in-house, the more processes we can take care of, the better we're going to be. That is like so true in uh, the music industry too. Like, sure. Well, you know, record store day happens every year, and like so many bands get shafted. Oh, absolutely. They put in their, they throw their master in there, and they're like, okay, like we want five thousand copies of this record. They're like, oh, it's put on hold because we have to press for record store day because there's only two plants in the U.S. Yep, yep, so, yep. Yeah, yeah um, my band Brightlines just mm-hmm. uh, put out a record this year, and that was something we were highly conscious of because right, that's good. We basically like. We, it did come a couple weeks later than we wanted, so mm-hmm. we didn't plan it perfectly, but you know, like, yeah, oh, there's you a, been you're so right. more screwed. Oh yeah. Even just if we had waited another week or two from mm-hmm. when we sent them the masters, like, yeah, uh, it's, it, you're, you're at, that was a great analogy because like, yeah, the vinyl pressing in this country, it, it in a lot of ways, it very closely resembles, uh, what's happened with pinball manufacturing mm-hmm. because the industry virtually collapsed right. and then suddenly not suddenly, but, you know, fairly quickly uh, came back up again. And there was a lot of uh, demand for vinyl pressing, just like there's demand again for new pinball mm-hmm. machines. And uh, the manufacturing end of it doesn't necessarily have the capacity to keep up with it because, right. you know, they had shrunk down a bit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, well put. OK, let's hear this next clip. Tell me what this piece of equipment is. CNC machine, absolutely. Why do we have a CNC machine? For CNC Music Factory. Bed, <laughs> what this allows us to do is to cut our own, we can cut wood, plastic, and also thin aluminium as well. But we're not aluminium. interested about the I aluminium, what we're interested in is the wood and the plastic. So we will be cutting all of our own plain fields. It's a fully commissioned machine now. Um, we're going to work out the software on it because it's uh, we've got to merge like solid work software with uh, another piece of equipment we've got to, like, so they can read each other. But within the next four to six weeks, we're going to be making our own play fields here, cutting them from here. And we'll also cut our own plastics as well. So uh, the plastic side panels that you see in, in our games, the back box panels as well, plus also the, the plastics on the playfield too. So we'll be cutting all of that out ourselves. So is do you know if there's anything that they aren't doing in-house then? Um, in terms of manufacturing? It? There was something, but I can't remember what it was. I feel so terrible about that. Being <laughs> put on the spot like that. Sorry about that. It's okay. Uh, I mean, I gotcha feel like journalism probably on the some, Yeah, right. Probably something like legs or... Um, oh, yeah. That makes like, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like hardware or something. Yeah. But that's the sort of... You know, something plastic. like legs. Yeah. You can yeah. you can just stock those. Right. You know, they can so, just... Yeah. Like plastics and woods, they're they're taken care of. Because I had asked in the Torah, I think it comes up in one of the clips, it's like, oh, are you going to start printing your own play fields in-house? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, we'll get to that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Fair enough. Yeah. And uh, I... I fought the urge to address this uh because it's completely off topic right. uh, <laughs> during that clip but now that we're talking again i would like to discuss aluminium yeah. <laughs> uh because this has been a topic uh right. conversation with it's a bit of contention some, yeah, yeah friends of mine recently uh even and uh you know so so what i learned uh and i might have some some of these uh details wrong and i apologize yeah. uh but the guy who invented slash discovered, no, invented, you know, because it's a, an alloy, I think. Right, yeah. Um, uh, aluminum uh, originally named it aluminum. And then I want to say Miriam Webster oh, published. Who was a British person, right? Uh, I, think, I think so, uh, originally. I mean, uh, listen to that name. Yeah, Miriam <laughs> Webster. And uh, anyway, uh, so they, they put theirs uh, out with aluminum. Uh, in in the dictionary, right, and then okay. shortly thereafter, uh, this guy—I wish I had his name, and so I could s- sound yeah. smarter—said, uh, uh, "You know what? 
I kind of feel it, it should actually be called aluminium. Uh, I, I don't it's like an alloy, it. right? Yeah, and, it's, and then you, you yeah. kind of want to, you know, the other. I don't know. He for whatever reason he just he just liked the sound of it better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said aluminium. Actually, that's what it's called now retroactively. Aluminium, and then yeah, Oxford d- Dictionary came out aluminium. Oh, and Merriam-Webster has more of a base in the U.S. over the years. Yeah. And Oxford kind of holds it down on the English front. And I guess it just kind of, that's how those two paths diverged. It actually both were technically right from the guy. He changed his mind. And that's where wow. we are. And that's why we giggle when we hear aluminium. And they probably uh, we'll scoff the when, off. yeah, exactly. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, wait, uh, I, oh, as uh, a tangent, also include that when i was playing uh, pinball at the pipeline in london i met this like really nice affable um like pinball player i forget his name i wish i knew it but um he's like oh i remember when i was playing galaga i was like galaga galaga yeah. <laughs> oh no <laughs> i do not care for it right <laughs> and i just kind of chuckled to myself i was like that's so cute but um no it's, it's just really funny because like any time that i bring up things like that like the British are quick to tell me that they invented language and that I should be thankful for what I have. (laughs) But I mean, those are my friends and they're taking the piss. So whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, I told my friend Steven today that I got, I get three paychecks today and he's like, you spelled checks wrong. There's no Q in there. I was like, I knew you just remind them when that comes up that, uh, English is, uh, just a bastardized hybrid of other languages. Which is just like their people. They're all bastardized, uh, right? No, <laughs> Only uh, joking, UK. We uh, love yes. you. <laughs> Kayla, Kayla thinks that now that she's uh, got this UK cred, she can just pull no punches. There's a little chip on my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's hear what else we got from the highway uh, sure. tour. There's a lot of equipment over here, uh, at the back there, shelving, racking, and other different pieces, bits and pieces. Yeah, in order to be able to make two, three hundred games a month by the end of the year, we need to have equipment to do it. So we bought in advance a lot of equipment and have it stored down there. I mean, there's a spray booth and an extraction system over there waiting to be connected up. This will allow us to lacquer our own playfields as well in-house. Um, I'm going to go into a bit of detail when we get down to playfields there as to the whole process, how we start and how we finish. And it's a process that took me two and a half years to get to the bottom of. Uh, and I'll tell you some stories about how we got there, you know, the, print, the printing processes and so on, because it's very intricate, very specialised bit of equipment. You know, being the first UK manufacturer, we can't go knocking on the door of somebody of a playfield manufacturer over here. They're just, you know, people aren't making pinball parts over here, so we have to source the stuff or, or make the stuff ourselves. So we have a lot of equipment there. What we have back there is we have a, a locked up store, uh, stop for, uh, store for um, all of our parts. So at any one time, we would have well over $100,000 worth of parts in there. And um, we have our goods in. It's, well, we have to use the one set of doors now for goods in and goods out. So all the goods come in on pallets. They get um, stacked up on shelves here. Then they get unboxed and everything gets uh, broken down into individual, individual parts bins. Uh, and we have, you know, everything is computerized there. So we know exactly how many parts are there for, each, uh, for everything. But also part of the process is, is when you design something in SolidWorks, it can actually tell you a full list of all what we call the bill of materials. So you can see, okay, to build this game, we need this number of this, this number of that, this number of that. So it really helps for stock control and ordering. Now that's our part store over there, and goods in and out here. Uh, now that will be separated. When we really start to expand towards the end of the year, and we move into the other building there, then uh, we'll have a separate goods out. 
But yeah, they're fairly well organized and like they have a very good clear vision of what they want to do. Yeah, it seems like it. yeah, they 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 know where they're starting and they know where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And that's that's cool to see from the you know the technical end of it like that. Um, so let's give a little bit of background to folks. Uh, right, you know, we haven't even mentioned they do full throttle pinball. Yes, <laughs> full throttle pinball, and uh-huh. uh, that's just rolling out now. Right. right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because I think most of our listeners are. Seattleites and you know uh mm-hmm. so we probably have some you know shout out to our uh general pinball you know global community the handful of you that listen right um for what it's worth and I'll just tell you this now I've been monitoring the SoundCloud stats to Very a certain cool. extent and it seems like over the last few episodes it's pretty consistent I it seems like within a week and a half to two I would say within a week to week and a half we've got at least 200 listens for every single yeah, one of those episodes really and, and we're they're usually topping out between 250 and 350 per mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool uh you know we have within the first 24 hours we usually have about, about 100, 100 yeah 100 to 120 mm-hmm. so it's pretty yeah. exciting like you know thanks guys for continuing to listen it's nice mm-hmm. to see those numbers at the very least not makes, not drop you yeah know, to have it makes a you feel like audience someone sees it pop up in their podcast feed and they're like oh yeah new skill yeah, shot yeah. it's time to yeah. listen yeah <laughs> cool um should i just roll with the next clip then sure, or let's have... go. okay cool so can anybody tell me what this is it's a speedy packer it's a speedy oh, packer yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gold star well, anybody me. any idea what, what it does is it for foam and it shrink wraps the foam a bit for foam yeah, yeah. absolutely so yeah, you can tell us makes some of the only American here, accent. But we ship them out all over the world. So by the time one gets to Australia, you want it to be in the condition that it left here from. So one of the ways is, is that you use this sort of material. So everything gets boxed up, but you put this at the corner of each, mach- of each um, machine on its um, back, and then on top as well, package the whole thing together. What this system does is computer controlled. Is that, and you'll see behind, at the back here, there are two drums of chemicals. So what you do is you select what size that you want. When the back comes down, two chemicals are squirted in in specific quantities, then it starts up a chemical reaction. And that chemical reaction, uh, the fluids will expand in size 30 to 40 times within a minute. Sounds like so a So you have this bag with this warm liquid in it. Uh-huh. You open up the mold here. And for our packing on full throttle, we use um, uh, two different types of moulds. You'll notice there's other moulds down here. That was actually for the Bacardi, for the packaging system for our Bacardi game. So you, oh, you right. put the bag with the liquid in, in there, you shut it, and then you go on and you do the next one. Then a minute later, when you finished up, you, come, you open it up again, you reverse the vacuum, and out pops your material. It's as simple fit, as that. Yeah. Yeah. And you built, you built the molds for it too, right? I'm sorry? You built the, the molds uh, We didn't do the molds, actually. No, oh, that okay. was done by actually uh, Instabac, the people oh, okay. who, who yeah, sold us the machine. Mm-hmm. So that's something I, I did forget that they did the Bacardi um, kind of bagatelle. Game. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think you've seen pictures of that, maybe. I think but, so, yes. Um, what was kind of like ironically interesting of the thing is like the only people that played that there were children, <laughs> which is cool. Like it was interesting, fun game. Like you get a, a little pocket of little tiny pinballs right and you load it into the machine and you shoot it and does like this figure eight around it and you know you can get a goal on your opponent but it's not very controllable it's just a neat thing that they did starting out and it worked and it's it's cool looking but yeah if you guys hear in the background there's a lot like that's full throttle going all the time like they had three of them there There there's one in the tournament bank 
uh, one prototype and one of the more current version. So the the prototype and the current version were side by side, and you can do a comparison. The the newer one is much better. And full throttle, full blah, blah. full throttle. The theme is a racing game. Is it? Yeah, motocross. Motocross. Oops. Thank you. I, yeah. yeah, I was thinking it was motorcycles or something like mm-hmm. that. Just wasn't sure. So one of the like really neat things about Highway Pinball is that all their games are modular, which means that you can swap it in and play a field and just have one cabinet. So Andrew in the next clip is talking about um, just like the shell of the game, the what he calls the carcass, the cabinet, <laughs> uh, and how that all works out with what the, the kind of woods that they use. Cool. Here we go. Many different types of finishes. So this is a gloss black. We use, sorry, it's a matte black. And this matte black is what we use on all of our standard edition cabinets. But on our limited edition ones, like the one that you saw over there, is a gloss red. So our limited edition for full throttle is available in gloss black with red powder coated trim and gloss red with black powder coated trim. So in both options. But different games, we can use different colour options. But the other thing as well is it allows us to do is let's say you have a lot of oak in your in your room where you want to put a pinball machine, then you can have oak effect panels on this here. So it really hmm. sort of blends in, it become a can become cool. a piece of yeah, furniture yeah. too. But the other positive about having this is we've all seen you know graffiti and everything on the sides of pinball machines someone's written i love my mum you know on the <laughs> side of a cabinet uh, if you want to change that normally you can't you would have to sand it down re-decal it and everything with this all you do is just undo some screws in here and the whole cabinet the whole side comes off and around the legs as well you don't even have to take the legs off because we have the recesses oh, wow. in there too you just take the old panel off put a new one in it's you're brilliant. good to go again yeah. and just to demonstrate a few other items uh, yeah i think that's brilliant like it's pretty nice he starts to sound kind of like a cooking show is like oh all you have to do is this mm-hmm. but step by you know, step. I, I mean i watched him do it and it really is that easy like i mean he, they they said that you can change a play field in five minutes like just do a game swap in five minutes that's pretty incredible you mm-hmm. know and, and that that modular approach is uh very smart I it's think. thinking so far outside the box mm-hmm. like really cool and let's uh hear another uh, about our system here one of them is um the modularity of our games. Oh yes, more modular. You can change. Time. I'm sure maybe many of you know you can change games from one of our cabinets by a game upgrade kit in only five minutes. I used to say 15 minutes, and I thought well, we weren't selling ourselves here because it really is very easy. When you buy a game upgrade, what you get is the two side decal panels, the back glass artwork panel, you get the the playfield itself, and the software and stick. So how easy is it to change one of these panels here? All you do is you just put your finger in and you just lift it out. I've actually um, been. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. go. You see, Gary, all the guys doing it over there. Oh, that's nice. See how easy it is to go and do. And that's Gary's. So you just you know, drop your new one in, and you're good to go. Oh, Same with yeah. the back glass panel. You just lift it, pull it out, and that's fine. The playfield here. How many, does anybody know how many connectors we have for our playfield? I know. Sorry. <laughs> Higher than one. We have three. We have this connector here. That's it. Everything is being controlled by here other than we have an HDMI cable as well for the screen, and we have a USB cable as well for our connectivity. But that's it, just three connectors. LCD screen? So you literally just lift the playfield up, pull it out, undo your three oh, connectors, yeah. and just pull yeah, the whole playfield out. Put a new one in, artwork panels, back glass, stick your software stick in, and you've got a brand new game working oh, wait, in your system DMD? too. It's great if you have a small flat or anything too, so you can have multiple games in Absolutely, one cabinet. Absolutely, yeah, if you're space yeah. conscious, yeah. It's, um, it's, that's why we designed it this way. Cool. Yeah. So just more modularity. And um, I don't know if we have a clip of them. Or maybe I missed them talking about it here, but uh, USB. Yeah. Uh, it just allows for updating uh, software really easily. And 
And Rose, he also said, uh, I'm, we might have a clip of it, but we might skip it for time. But he said things about like uh, internet connectivity that he's going to do with that. Like you can just kind of like have a, you could pay as you go on your phone and like oh, add credits through PayPal or WePay or whatever they use in the UK. And just like there'll be a chip in the game that kind of recognizes your phone and your profile and hmm. let you like add credits to the machine and like let you upload high scores. So that's something that they're working with and kind of like brainstorming about too. Yeah. And they, uh, I, I think that this is the next clip. We can, uh, we can just skip and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, they, I remember when I was listening to it earlier this evening, uh, they were talking about also uh, the, the Wi Fi connect- connectivity mm-hmm. uh, and in terms of. Uh, social media aspect which uh we talked about uh in episode four in the pinball and arcade show recap because jersey jack was also talking about that with the hobbit mm-hmm. and i expressed my skepticism like are people really going to interact it with this happen, right? yeah. but uh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um but uh you know if if a lot of people are going to be adopting this and you know it is an ever-changing digital world maybe yeah. uh maybe i'll um, have to eat my board. words, yeah. yeah like and we'll all be, I'll be tweeting our scores all the time directly from a machine. Yeah. You're but gonna have all... a big old bowl of alphabet soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also talked about, and I thought this was really cool. Uh, so I want to make sure we discuss this. Uh, that uh, this is a way for operators to be able to keep track of their yeah. machines, how they're doing, what's yeah, going on. It's like wrong a nanny cam for your games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well put. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is really cool. It seems like they're really stepping forward and, you know, like with Jersey Jack moving forward with stuff like that and Highway like kind of uh, raising the bar further and how mm-hmm. they're, you know, bringing pinball into the digital age uh, within the actual kinetic machines. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting. So yeah, I think we're in a really cool space for pinball right now. I would say so. It's good to have a little competition, a little blood in the fight. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I think we're going to move on from Highway. Uh, well, yeah, just real quick. I just want to, oh, like, yeah. um, I went and after this tour of the factory we went upstairs and and i wasn't allowed to take pictures or record but we talked about alien and got to see some like demo videos of gameplay they don't have they had a cabinet there with the artwork and like Mm. a very basic like layout not a white wood but just like a mock-up of what it'd be but i got to see things like the mother alien uh bash toy which, from what I understand, is going to be similar to like Batman Dark Knight, where the Joker's revealed, where it's mm, like mm-hmm. turns around and the mother alien's just there. Uh, that toy looked really cool. Um, Andrew Highway talked about how like that's his favorite movie, and like he was so excited to get the license. I was like, were they mm-hmm. were they like shocked that you wanted to do Alien? He said, no, because it's the third attempt for an Alien pinball machine, oh. and I and my jaw kind of like hit the floor. I was like, really? And I forget the second one, but Bram Stoker's Dracula was originally going to be an alien game. Really? Yes. That's what he told me in the thing. Was and it? I, sorry, go ahead. I was just like kind of shocked. I was like, yeah. wow, I didn't realize. And I guess they just kind of lost the license for it or it didn't work out very well. And they just switched quickly to Bram Stoker's Dracula because that was the next movie that was doing well at the time of the making the game. So I've got a question for you then. Uh do you know if it was tied into a specific movie in the franchise? Was, was, I feel what like would it was been? Alien. Like, it, like Alien Alien for Bram Stoker's Dracula? I feel like it, but I oh, can't so, quite because, remember. Because that would be like, what, 15 years after that movie right, came yeah. out? Right, yeah. Okay, I think that's just when they decided to like try it after that license. Okay, that cool. IP. I like that. Um, yeah. I, I was Too bad like, it didn't I have no idea. But I mean, Dracula turned out to be a really cool game. Yeah, so. it is fun. Uh, I mean, Lightning Flippers aside, obviously. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> um 
and I forgot what the second one was, but yeah, he's like, they actually weren't surprised. Like the, they've been through the song and dance before. Hmm. So, um, they were just warm to it. Oh yeah. 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 Sure. Go ahead and try it again. That sounds great. All right. Um, what's neat is that there, he's going to give you an option of when you start the game, you can hit the left flipper for alien or the right flipper for aliens. So, Oh really? So you can choose which one you want to play as. And there's going to be different modes for each one. And you know, you, it's it's similar to Walking Dead, where it's like you collect weapons along your path, and like hmm. there's gonna be a flamethrower that's gonna shoot like red LEDs across the playfield. Like once you get that, it's just gonna. Um, and then the pop pop caps are gonna be alien eggs, oh. so like there's gonna sit on top of the popper, the pop uppers. And he showed us like the prototype one. He's like, this one we, we like we liked it okay but he you know put some leds below it and didn't really shine through the way i mm. wanted it to and then he you know showed us the new one that he just got and that one had a really nice like um just cool green glow through it and he said you know you can change to red and like make them look like they're on fire with the f- flamethrower and things mm. like i mean he's passionately into alien and aliens and that whole franchise so i think it's gonna be go well cool. and he showed us like a quick um like demo version on the computer that they set up um and he's like this is our best case scenario of like if we can get these voice actors and these sound clips and these modes but like clearly like none of this is going to go the same way because like we have to work with with the ip and like see what's what's going to work out yeah so it looks cool like he's got good aspirations for it cool that's exciting you know it's it's always cool to hear people working on I shouldn't say it's always cool because I'm not sure if I can actually name <laughs> another one like this, but you know, to see, see them really psyched about a license. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's exciting to hear. I, I'm now eagerly anticipating alien yeah. knowing that like, uh, the creator of the machine is, is really, a huge fan. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I think, uh, I think we're going to roll into the Kaylee clips here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't listened to this uh, so much yet, aside from just hearing what sure. the audio is. So we're just going <laughs> to so. see how it's going. And uh, I think for the sake of time, uh, we're going to just maybe talk during After, it. Oh, during it. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. So we're here in Wales, South Wales, at the UK pinball party with Jasmine Dijon. Is that how you say it? Yes. Okay. Uh, and Kaylee George. That's right. So, Kaylee, you just finished up with third place in the pinball open, right? Yeah, it was awesome. We just played a uh, double elim bracket where the elim bracket can't come back to win the tournament. So I won the loser's bracket. Yeah. It was great. I got Kaylee's third. That's the best you could do in third, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. It's a little silly. I mean, you're the champion of the loser's pool, but that's the yeah, best you can do. <laughs> it was great. We had awesome games like World Challenge Soccer. That's what it was. Yeah, I played that my second round in the, the first round of the loser's bracket, and the the guy had the choice of multi-ball or eight goals, and he went from 14 million to 260 million with eight goals. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty awesome. That's a really balanced yeah. scoring system, wow. right? <laughs> but so you've been in uh, Netherlands for what, two years now, almost. Whoops. That, that, that would be interesting if it was two years, but no, it's it been, only been eight months. It's, okay, it's been eight years. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, so a bit, bit less. It feels like it's been a long time since I've seen you. <laughs> it feels forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's because Seattle has like a pinball tournament every day, so yeah. it's probably been like, you know, 300 pinball tournaments since <laughs> I, I was last in Seattle. It's true. I mean, the Attaball weeklies are getting 50 people a night wow. on Wednesday night. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. Right. Um, so, what's European pinball like? I mean, kind of like there's it doesn't seem like there's a lot of places out to play there's um like like in seattle the pinball scene you can play 
a lot of pinball in, 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 in a lot of different locations. You can go to a bar, to an ice cream shop, and yeah. there's pinballs. And uh, in the Netherlands, there are not that many options. So if you play pinball, you play at people's houses mm -hmm. or you play at the clubhouse of the Dutch Pinball Association. Uh, but they have an, uh, a pinball evening every last Friday of the month. Oh, that's nice. And it's not a tournament, but it's nice that it's open for people. And they've got some local tournaments and then a few bigger tournaments like the Dutch Pinball Masters and the Dutch Pinball Open. And of course you can play pinball in the UK and in Belgium and yeah. Germany and go to uh, a lot of international tournaments. And Budapest has that new pinball museum, right? That too, yeah. Have you been there yet? No, I, I think there's a tournament coming up on the 14th of November. Okay. So we, we, we might go there, but we haven't really decided yet. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> What did you guys think about this weekend, the facility? It's kind of neat to be in a pinball factory, I guess, right? Yeah, it doesn't look like much of a factory to yeah, me yet. It's kind of getting started, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like a big empty room with a giant 50-ton press in the corner yeah. and like two full throttle games. So yeah. I think well, at some three. point it will be, <laughs> I think at some point it will be a pinball factory, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you guys have pinballs at your house, right? Let's see, so you have four games? We have four games, yeah. yes. What's the what's the competition called? It's the Doelenstraat Open. That's yeah. the name of the street we live I on. Not You're yeah. better at saying that than I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, we like to play uh, small tournaments against each other. We play on every machine. And the winner gets ice cream from the other players. That's so. nice. Yeah. yeah it's, it's the type of thing that Escher Lefkoff would be like super excited about. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Like, oh my god, ice cream! He's thirteen. It'd be nice yeah. if you got ice cream for per machine, right? <laughs> like, well, I, stop I think the one time I won, I got um, four scoops of ice cream. So That's that was nice. Yeah. Although I, did, although I did not win four machines, but anyway. So yeah. it does happen. You do beat Kaylee at home. I, I yeah. do beat Kaylee at home. It, it never happens in a tournament. Of but course I, not. At home, right? yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we learned early on that we should pay people to move the pinball machines into our uh, Netherlands apartment. So after moving a mouse and around with three people up some stairs, oh, that, was fun. that was a bad idea. No. Yeah, we got movers for our demolition men. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a heavy game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you sold all the machines you had in Seattle, right? You had 30, no, they're all, they're all, there's like 20 games sitting in an undisclosed oh, wow. location I know, right? in oh. Seattle. Waiting for you. Yes. But I'm not going to tell where it's at because oh, I know no, somebody no. with the pry bar is going to go down there right. and have a good time. <laughs> so all the ones that you have now you got in Netherlands. And yeah, yeah. I got, yeah. I got titles I'd never had before. Yeah, one, so, yeah. one of them is uh, my parents. The Circus Volter we Very have cool. is my parents. Wow. And then we bought three other games that Kaylee has never owned before. Okay, so Mousing Around and... Demolition Man and Preacher from the Black Lagoon. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we got, we got some good prices on them, so... Works yeah. out nice. It's fun to play some different games I haven't played before. So. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, sure. pinball machines are a lot cheaper in Europe than in the States. Yeah, they are. Like, if you're not buying a Stern, then they're like, I don't know, like half price ish. Especially since the euro was almost equal to the dollar. Now. Right. Okay. But, I mean, when you can find like a mint creature from the Black Lagoon for like 1800 US. Oh, that's, that's wow. pretty sweet. Yeah. So, I don't know. You could make a good living like. If, if all you did was hang out over here and buy pinball machines and put them in containers and send them back to the States. Some people that probably are, last you for a year or two before you yeah. burnt all the supply. Someone's doing that right now from Italy. They, they're shipping over like crate, uh, a bunch of the shipping freights, like crates over with like, full of pinball machines. Like some it's, big it's Italian collector just got let, let go of like 100 machines. Oh, wow. Maybe yeah, the but, whole like container will just be full of Mario Andretti and Super Mario. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, 
So I don't know much about like when, because you have to, I, there's a different plug for the European special to the, the country. Like, do people convert the powers? Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, like, uh, there's a, there's a and, band. And now there's a, there's, a, there's a giant truck driving through yeah. the middle of the Hayway factory. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the benefit of, of having a huge area like this, own. is that when you need to break down the pinball tournament, yeah. <laughs> you can just drive cars inside. Straight like, into it. Although somebody pulled their BMW in here. I don't think they're going to put any pins in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take all the legs out and see if you can squish yeah. it. Yeah. All these cars yeah. are weird, too. All the like, steering wheels are on the wrong side, so I don't know Maybe they should have put like the the flipper buttons like in a weird spot in the full throttle, so it would feel very English or something. Like you know, like if you're playing pinball on the left side of the road. Or something, yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, that. like something like that. Yeah, maybe put the flipper buttons on the front of the cabinet. Maybe it would make it more. Maybe it was a driving racing game instead of a motocross one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> steering wheels right in front of you on the motocross. Yeah. Uh, have you heard about the European games that have like buttons for the outposts that, that can go up and down? Um, I think they had that here in the in, in the UK. I think. Um, uh, it was considered gambling because oh, you had, there was a certain amount of there's a certain amount of luck in pinball. You can lose your right. ball and, and not do anything about it. So I think they had certain posts on the side that you could control those posts kind of and have more control over if the ball went gotcha. through the out lanes or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of those some of the sterns from like Lord of the Rings yeah. through I think maybe even Rolling Stones, but. Yeah, yeah, they have I, these I, stupid plastic up posts. I've seen it on Rolling Stones. Oh, wait, no. Okay. Yeah, sorry. The Rolling Stones one is the limited edition version that has those. They, oh. like, brought them back as a feature. They're, like, the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. But, yeah, everybody I've seen just, like, they just disable or cut, cut, the, cut the button off. And... Oh, wow. We've just been awarded free T-shirts. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Wales is great. Yeah, definitely. Yes, awesome. It's excellent. UK Pinball Party, Summer Barbecue, Which I Pinball don't... Factory. I miss the barbecue. We didn't see the pinball. I mean, there was a hog roast, but... <laughs> Apparently there was a barbecue. Yeah, right? Yes. Uh, Jasmine, what's her, you said your mom got you started playing pinball, right? Yeah. Um, well, she started playing pinball when you could still find all the pinball machines in bars. Okay. And she she always liked it, but, you know, when she got kids, uh, she didn't really go to the bars anymore to play pinball. And then for her 40th birthday, she got a shack tech. Oh, cool. <laughs> so there was a pinball machine in our house, and I started playing it, and the rest of my family started playing, and we got more machines, and, and that's kind of how I started playing uh, competitive pinball. Nice, yeah. And Well, that's like 12 years ago, so. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Shack Attack is an awesome game. Everybody thinks it's shit, but it's fucking well, great. it's so weird, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just weird, <laughs> but it's awesome. Like, I played Space Jam. It's got to be kind of similar to that, maybe? Or is it, is it way better? I mean, Space Jam's like a giant boat anchor, too. Yeah. But... Shack Attack is like way cooler and has like all these weird like tangential like scoring strategies and stuff by going for like these hidden features and like instead of going for the multi-ball or choosing like shit points instead of good points because eventually they give you good points and so it's actually a bit deeper than it looks from the yeah, outside. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a Gottlieb, so it's weird. Yeah. But it's cool. But it's not a Gottlieb premiere, right? Because the premieres, I think, they went a little bit too off the far off the deep end. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know if I know the difference. They're, they're all <laughs> off the deep, deep end. I, when I started playing pinball, I thought I liked Gottliebs because they're just kitschy and weird. But they're really kind of a pile. Like, you know, they're really not that good. They're, they're decent ideas, like poorly executed. <laughs> I, I like the Gottliebs because they did weird stuff. They did the, yeah. the crazy stuff. Like Waterworld's got the boat that kind of tips over yeah, a little Waterworld's bit. Waterworld's great. Yeah. I um, but oh, also the I just like the theme of yeah. Surfing Safari, for example. Like yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Rodney the alligator. Yeah, the yeah. crocodile. The crocodile. 
it's a lot of fun, and but and also a class of eighteen twelve. Yeah, I think that game's really cool, actually. I, I, I like I like some of the effect the effects in there, the, the hearts that the you beating. could that you hear, uh -huh. the the chicken song. Yeah, it's a chicken song. But it sounds <laughs> like a chicken singing. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's um, they've got just so many fun things in it. Whenever I see a god leap, I want to play it. Yeah. Even though it's sometimes crap, but I want to play it. Yeah. But I, I don't think they're the best games in the tournament. Like 1812, if you can keep looping the right. million shot and yeah. everybody hears million all the time, and that's not the best game to play in a tournament. But it's fun <laughs> forever. It's really fun. Yeah. I noticed that some of the games here were on four ball play too. Is that something normal for European tournaments? Like so far, I think it's. A lot normal in a lot of the Dutch tournaments that okay. everything is on four ball, and Kaylee gets confused by it's that. It's really weird. It is weird, yeah. He thought well, he thought I was joking when I told him the balls were. Yeah, four. I thought I was like pulling my leg. It was like yeah. that singing from like Kingpin, where like the guy like like always bowls like an extra five frames right. or something, yeah. and that's his score. It was, I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, you're playing four balls. I'm like, yeah, that's funny. Like, great. Like, yeah. uh, like no, no, no. It's a four ball match. I'm like, what? Like, Why? It always, like, fucks you up. Like, like you're trying, you're, like, you're like, strategy, yeah. and then you're like, oh, wait, like, I can burn another ball to set up, like, something else. Like, <laughs> god damn it. Like, you know, like. But it's, well, uh, I think it's kind of been changing. Um, the Dutch Pitbull Masters we played in May, mm -hmm. everything was on three ball. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of, kind of been, Changing and yeah, uh, but probably Dutch Premier Open will probably be on four balls, and a lot of the regional tournaments are on full four balls. And cool, unless they're trying to speed things up, then they're like, so oh, maybe we, should, to three. maybe we should do three balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like I played Monster Bash yesterday in qualifying and got a four ball game and, and beat my opponent. But today in the, uh, the the quarterfinals, it was on three balls, and like I, I was almost there. I was like thirty-seven to thirty. And I, if I had another ball, I could have done Monster Bash. But like they sw they switched it within twenty four hours, you know. Yeah. So, I didn't didn't understand. It's like, I mean, I was, you know, this was this was a good place to come and play some games. Yeah. But like their want to make like the tournament game set up like really particular was pretty uh, off the cuff. So I suspect yeah. that was on four ball because it came in on four ball and nobody actually set it up. Right. Or like we played Getaway yesterday and the supercharger wouldn't work, but today it works. Today yeah. it did like, work. Yeah. yeah, I played yeah. it and it worked. <laughs> yeah. But also like the four ball thing, I, I think I heard you say that it wasn't four ball, so I was playing X-Men and I was putting up a really good score on my third yeah. ball and I was thinking like, should I let this go or not? There were other games that were on four ball and maybe this is one of those games. Right, yeah. But then later in my third ball I actually realized, I actually realized I saw other people uh, yeah. Finish after their third ball, nice so I realized yeah. I could let it go. Nice, yeah, you too. Kayla. Nice Kayla. Kayla, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have one letter difference, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's all I got. Full throttle's going on behind us. It's really, really loud. I've been hearing that noise all weekend. All right, <laughs> yeah. all right so let's go around. Full throttle, let's describe it in five words or less. Nice, uh, Fast paced air balls. What do you think, Jazz? Didn't like it when I played it in Pinburg. That is not five words. <laughs> Didn't like it when I. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Uh, me. Uh, how about flip thing? Meh. Eh. <laughs> but cool modular idea. I like that. I think you still have one word to go. By the way. One one word. Yeah. Flip thing meh is four. <laughs> nah. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks you guys. Like a good talking thanks. to you. <laughs> So you guys were a little underwhelmed with yeah, it? Yeah, uh, I, I liked it more than I came across in that interview, probably. But um, 
yeah, Kaylee definitely underwhelmed. Uh, mm. But I mean, he's a little difficult to impress. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. I'm still excited to play. Yeah, personally. it's cool. Yeah, people kept like interrupting us. They, I just they didn't realize that we were recording. So sorry about the interruptions. But they're kind of like a bit of the cultural landscape there, of, like the the party there, and just like how friendly everyone was. Mm. But I was, I will say that the UK pinball party T-shirt that I got faded nearly completely after one wash oh yeah. that's a bummer well you know that just it gives free. it yeah. the, the vintage look though right right, right. yeah <laughs> cool well okay we just got one more uh set of clips from uh joe balzer i was thinking maybe we could just like kind just of talk about it? Notes it yeah, yeah. sounds what good to me yeah the, the yeah the recording uh just fyi uh, uh the recording was a uh, it was in a large room so it's a little right. echoey so uh yeah, yeah. Kayla and I will just touch upon what she. I was sitting close to the front, but not close enough that you get good quality audio. It's so, so hard it's to like, do that on the fly eh. like that. And I, I couldn't find my my micro recorder while I was packing, so I was mm. like, oh, I'll just use my phone. So, like, it, we worked out pretty well. Yeah, for the yeah. up close stuff like this, it yeah. works great. Um, okay, so yeah, let's talk about it. So, uh, Joe Balzer, if uh, you're not familiar with him, he did. He, oh man, I just pulled I, up. A I bunch wasn't of... before, and they also like did not announced the surprise guest until he was speaking like oh, wow. i was i was getting food and they're like oh that's the american here because he's the only one wearing a baseball cap <laughs> so so he he did starship troopers he did a star yeah. wars trilogy uh, viper night drive-in which is super cool mm, okay apollo 13 yeah baywatch baywatch uh he does. He, he worked, worked on, on Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the most recent claim mm-hmm. to fame there. He was at Gottlieb when they did their first DMZ, which was on Checkpoint. Okay. Um. So yeah, I didn't realize that Gottlieb was the first person, first company to do a DMD, which is really cool. Um. Oh, High Roller Casino and uh, Simpsons Pinball Party. Uh, yeah, I don't care yeah. for High. Uh, oh, High, High Roller, Roller Casino is, like, is awful garbage. But uh, yeah. Simpsons Pinball Party is it's pretty cool. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So anyway, yeah. So he talked about uh, how he got started as a pinball designer. Yeah. So he used to be a me- uh, auto mechanic, and one of his coworkers referred him to Midway Gaming, and he showed up for an interview, and like his name was on a placard, and they're like, "Welcome, Joe Balzer," and all that, and he didn't quite know what he was getting into. He's going to go for tool manufacturing. And he worked on over 75 games, like uh, either making parts for it or assembling parts. And then eventually like worked his way up to um, to designing games. So it's like that mailroom story, you know, where yeah. you just entry level position and, and things boom. And they're like, oh, you've got potential to make something. Cool. Like a few interesting points that he made was like in game designs, like if you strip away all the artwork and the IP, is it still a playable game? Is yeah. it still something that you enjoy to, to be a part of? Yeah, if it's fun as a whiteboard. Right, right, wood. right, wood, yeah. Um, white wood, sorry. I always say that, whiteboard, yeah, no, white, white wood. Okay. Yeah, if it's fun as a white wood. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, um, so that was really neat. Um, he said it is Apollo 13 he talked about for a while. Yeah, because... Uh, it was his favorite game he worked on, he said. Mm-hmm. He uh, Like, two interesting points, he was like, Let's do a 13 ball multi ball for the Apollo 13. It's like, ah, oh, sure, that's cool. I mean, I, I think that that came out around the same time as Williams Indie. I'm not quite sure. That sounds Indiana about right. Jones, probably about the same time, which Indiana Jones had a. Oh, shoot, I'm thinking about. No, I'm thinking about Stern Indie, which had an 8 ball. That was much later. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's much later. later. Um. Anyways, so I think that was definitely like 
might still be the most amount of multi-balls in a game, 13-ball multi-ball, hmm. which he's like, yeah, let's do that. And so they, they're like, okay, we can fit five balls in a trough, but where are we going to put the other one? So they kind of had to, like, design these pockets where other balls would hide. And once hmm. you started the multi-ball, they would just kind of, like, explode onto the play field. And, yeah. and he shared an anecdote of, like, when he first saw, like, a middle-aged woman playing it and getting the multi-ball and how she shrieked and, like, her child grasped her leg and was like, are you okay? Hmm. And just like, mm-hmm. like yeah just that kind of shock of having 13 balls explode in your face which is <laughs> cool she said uh, uh, sorry <laughs> I, um recently i saw like keith elwin posted a picture of he was playing apollo 13 started a multi-ball got a phone call walked away from the game came back to 11 balls neatly stacked in between the flippers creating a bridge that would not drain oh my goodness so like if you were facebook friends with keith elwin seek that out it's a cool photo (laughs) (laughs) and of course like only elwin can do that like (laughs) so he Um, he he talked for a while about he geeked out about hanging out with ed harris at some premiere which i mean we did with ed roberts that's fair fair enough yeah (laughs) yeah famous eds you know right yeah (laughs) geek away um, yeah, the talking horse. I, you know, just, <laughs> <laughs> the um, um, so uh, the, tell the Tom Hanks anecdote. Yeah, so he he like uh you know he's like oh, back in the nineties we would go to the movie premieres when we made a, a pinball machine. Was like that's that's pretty cool. But he someone asked about like can you elaborate on the Tom Hanks and the backlash artwork? He goes yeah. So Tom Hanks like still thought that pinball was he associated with like illegal gambling and like just seedy underpinnings of a scene and like did not want to be associated with pinball so he elected to not be a part of the back glass artwork <laughs> and not be a part of it at all and so i don't even, like he doesn't talk about meeting tom hanks but he definitely like goes on at length about um getting to like have two heinekens with ed harris and like yeah. talking about the abyss and like having fun with him mm-hmm. and it's like you know the impression i got of joe balls are like in personal conversations and with this talk is that he's just a very like blue collar kind of guy that was like wow like i'm just doing what i'm i know how to do and that i'm fairly good at and this is where life's led me and that's really cool yeah that's cool so He's he's a modest guy with some cool stories and and from what it what it seems like from that whole weekend I said I think he's going to be working with Andrew Highway and trying to like develop Alien with him. Oh, that's so, exciting! Yeah. That's cool. Um, a couple other good anecdotes from from uh, that talk. Uh, I thought the Striker Extreme thing was pretty neat that you yeah. brought up. Yeah. So it was originally an Oktoberfest themed game <laughs> that they put together and they're like. Well, how about a sports theme game? Can More you, can... family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> so they made that. They just like swapped out a few artwork things and like just kind of rethemed the game. Yeah. So next time you play Striker Extreme, see if you can identify where the beer steins would have been yeah. on the play field. <laughs> yeah. Or have one in your hand while you play. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what else? Uh, oh, yeah. The Godzilla business. Uh, the yeah. goal with Sega was to build originally, well, ostensibly to build the designer's goal was to make a um affordable economy kind of pin and so they like kind of didn't really cut corners but like opted for cheaper parts on the thing and tried to make a lower cost uh pinball machine which i guess why there's uh, maybe that's why this got like one of the largest bash toys in the in pinball but um when they brought it to say again they're like no we're not gonna lower that msrp like that we're gonna charge full price for that Mm, for sure 
Oh, well, best best laid plans once again. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, gosh, he talked about the height of pinball designing and how people like were very proprietary and non-disclosure agreements right, and didn't yeah. share things. And... Which is interesting because I just heard recently an um, interview with John Papaduke, which is like everyone was kind of surprised that he came out of the woodwork um, and was on Coast to Coast Pinball and kind of didn't really apologize for any of the things that he did, but kind of explained them in a way that you kind of realized why it went the way it did. Um, but he said that his, with his customers, he had them all sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, so that they wouldn't discuss the game um, before it came out. And he just said, that's just the way that we did it in the 90s. Like when pinball was at its height and there was many competitors, you just asked people not to talk about things that were coming out so that you had a competitive edge. So he learned that that was a just like that was not a, a very good choice and not something that something that he hadn't adapted to and that's something that joe balzer expressed also is like yeah back in the day when he was designing you just didn't talk about these things like he kind of just kept it on the dl and he sort of had to like just adapt to that and it's just an interesting commentary on like the way that pinball's kind of taken a step forward or just like having like a, a gap in the height of it or like having it having it like shrink down a little bit like the record industry and i don't um and just having it like grow back up it's like yeah you can't use the same tactics that you used 20 years ago mm -hmm. like things have changed yeah the yeah the the industry has to uh, evolve with right. the times yeah for sure cool uh anything else from the joe balzer uh no talk? i think that's about it cool. uh I, I remember one quote he said like that uh Keith Johnson, the the uh, the code designer on Simpsons Roller Party, he, I remember Joe Balzer saying like, Sims or South Park was a really fun game design, and I was just kind of like, how? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, okay. I'm and, on the record. Uh, <laughs> right. And then he said that like he thought that Keith Johnson was trying to make a better game than Simpsons, and he, I can't remember how it went, but it's kind of like. I know he was trying to make it better than Simpson or yeah. Oh, that's right. He was trying to make a game that was better than South Park. And I think he did with Simpsons. It's like, absolutely. Like, yeah, I could make a pinball game about like the lint that I have in my pocket and it'd be better than South Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Sorry guys. Yeah. We, no I, disrespect to the South Park IP. Yeah. Yeah. No, which I, which I love. I'm a fan of, but, uh, you know, I sometimes I feel like we we sip the haterade a little too much right. uh, on things, but at the same time, like you know, let's be real. We, yeah. You know, we're not going to love all the games. Have, and have you South seen South Park's it? ugly? Yeah. <laughs> it's an ugly game. It's an extremely ugly game. South Park, Austin Powers, yeah, High Roller Casino. There are a couple others, but for the most part, pinball it's, games are beautiful. It's like the Spencer's gifts of pinball. Machines. Oh, that's, yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is like the Spencer's gifts of pinball <laughs> machines. On point. On point. All right, cool. So from there, I'll just kind of give you like a brief cliff notes of like... Yeah, um, take us through Europe. Yeah, speed, after speed that, round. I went to Ireland from like Belfast to Giant's Causeway. I went to Kona in County Cork where I saw like the graves of my ancestors, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, met with the, the town historian and he walked me through town. It's like, your great, great grandfather used to have a row house that stood on this property right here. And it's like, wow, that's really neat. And... Did you like set up something with him beforehand? I did, yeah. Okay, cool. So you did my, some research and yeah. then cool, cool. Uh, I have like a my aunt's done extensive research on our family and has like 
dates and ship records of like when we came over oh, wow. and we go back like she has records back from the 1800s so and, like she just traced my family line and all that and she and my cousin had been out there and met pawberry and so he like remembered her and like told me stories about when she came over and he's very he's really good with that um so that was fun and interesting and awesome and i saw things like like scenes where game of thrones was filmed which is really cool like i went to this harbor where like theon Greyjoy had s- filmed a scene and mm-hmm. i was like oh wow mm-hmm. this is so neat but northern ireland is just gorgeous like um absolutely worth the trip we spent two days doing the north coast of ireland and went up to giant's causeway and saw like just gorgeous scenery um rainbows everywhere no leprechauns (laughs) (laughs) and i did things like book cows and drank delicious guinness which is actually better in ireland Mm. it's very true (laughs) excellent excellent um oh go ahead ahead. no go for it then went to manchester from there saw some friends um tried to play pinball didn't find very good pinball but did find a stern trek at a place called sea beer i think it was called um in manchester and ended up getting the grand champion score of that so i put up kayla usa <laughs> very nice kayla usa yeah usa right um so where else uh were you able to play some pinball on your trip Burr pin Burr- <laughs> <Or> berlin all right <laughs> Bur- oh, <laughs> pretty good pinball scene there really good that makes yeah. a lot of sense based on kind of what i've generally gleaned from berlin yeah. these days i i would i would live there it yeah. was awesome. <laughs> My parents just came back from a. Actually, they were in Germany uh, around the same time you were in Germany. Oh, crazy. Just like yeah, end of August and mm-hmm. whatnot. And uh, they they came back saying the same thing. Like Graham, I think you'd really like. Berlin. Yeah, I think yeah. that's definitely like if you make it kind of overseas, a hip, like, cheap town. Yeah, and... it's super cheap. Cool. Holy crap! <laughs> uh, I mean, you can get a hostel for like twelve dollars a night. That's it's amazing. Ridiculous. I, mean, I, I couldn't name a place in the U.S. Yeah. anywhere that's twelve bucks. And there's one, I think it's called the Wild Heart Hostel, that has a pinball machine at the hostel. Cool. What do they have? Yeah. Uh, I think it's Theater Magic. Oh, very nice. But we didn't make it out there. So, like, we went to Ramon's Museum. We saw, like, an uh, art exhibit of animatronic robot monsters. What? Which was super amazing. That sounds amazing. Oh, my God. And it was a theatrical experience where the guy was like, all right, well, like, uh, so to get in here, I have to, like, kind of butter up the our monster guy here and just hold on let me let me like tell him that you guys are okay and he's like whispering in his ear like slowly like reaching behind the curtain for a button that makes him pop up into life and open the gate and it's like (laughs) so fun oh man um he like sprayed monster spray on us on a thing and his head exploded and it was really cool (laughs) Mm. um so if you're ever in mita and uh in northern berlin go see monster cabinet because it was fantastic and noted so like i i have a pinball alert on google which like i got from graham because he (laughs) he does that and it's helped me out a lot and one day about three or four months ago i got an alert that said like lessons on how to play pinball and drink beer in berlin (laughs) i was like oh that sounds right up my alley (laughs) (laughs) so i emailed the guy and it's like um I, i'm gonna be here at this time are you gonna still be there for lessons or like what like where do you guys meet and all this stuff he's like oh i'm from new york i was just like i was in berlin for a long time so i figured i'd make this kind of like friendly competition where we just decide like, like work on getting drunk and like being good at pinball still i was like <laughs> yeah that's that's <laughs> the something <Seattle> that, way. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> like that's what we try to do all the time here 
Um, but he was unfortunately like out he had gone back to new york by the time i was getting there but he's like here's a map of all the pinball that i found in berlin i was like you're brilliant i love that so um a guy that i met at the uk pinball party robin kemp he came with me to berlin and we spent a week there and we went to like a place called triggerful uh that had a few games that were really well done uh, Frankenbar had a medieval madness that was okay, but like the first place we went to was a cinema um, that had a Wheel of Fortune and a Lord of the Rings and like Wheel of Fortune in German, you know. So it's like free spiel, like if you got a special, it was like free game, you know, <laughs> um, or a replay. And like all of the callouts were in German. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> like the the puzzles were in German. Like I mean, clearly, like I I probably sound a little then saying this like of course like you're in germany like it should be still in language it's, it's still novel yeah, you're used to novel. these yeah. games and yeah of course <laughs> there's just need to see it's a great way to learn german if you already right. know what they're saying yeah, you know sure. <laughs> okay so uh let's break it down top three places on your trip for pinball for pinball uh let's see oh shoot uh clash bar which we accidentally crashed a wedding party for uh we <laughs> showed up and i went to order beers and they're like they're free here you go <laughs> and i was like okay and Wait. i like slowly realized that we were at a wedding reception because there was bands and like people dressed nicely but it was like a punk rock wedding reception where people were covered in tattoos and we had one english guy come ask us like oh how do you know the bride and groom it's like well we don't mm-hmm. he's like oh i saw you playing pinball that's how i met them so i thought maybe you guys met them through pinball i was like that's awesome <laughs> so when i did meet the bride she's like no no please stay play cool. pinball have her beer where's where's crash bar or clash, clash, bar. Bar? clash um, bar i think that was just on the outside of kreuzberg in berlin okay um kreuzberg is like the punk rock area of, of berlin so word um that I would say, shoot. You don't um, actually have to have three. It's kind <laughs> of a top places. Uh, Frankenbar was cool. I like that place. Um, gosh, I wish I knew the names of them all. But uh, You can always reach would, out to us at skillshotpincast yeah, yeah. at gmail.com. And I can tell you exactly we're, you know, when we, we're not long when, in the tooth and tired yeah when we're not putting uh, Kayla on the say, spot past midnight we are recording this on a right? friday night for you guys <laughs> i will so say that i did enjoy. not like astro bar hmm. um it was just like american hipsters with mustaches and like v-neck t-shirts with their chest hair coming out I was hmm. like, Ugh, this place sucks <laughs> and they, but they had like a stern track and an attack from mars like i would love to play those games but everyone here is a douchebag hmm. so um <laughs> bummer <laughs> Um, but there was places nearby that that were pretty good too. Cool. Um, and oh, Milkshbar was good too. They had a Spider Man, which I got like two hundred and fifty million on. By the way, yeah. very nice, very <laughs> nice, cool. All yeah, right, that's great. Well, uh, so so we're we uh, as you mentioned, we are getting long in the tooth and long in the time here as well. Uh, we're pushing 75 minutes now. So Sorry, everybody. That's all right. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to edit it down. So it's going to be more like 72, 73 minutes at this point when you guys are listening. But I mean, like the uh, pinball podcast out of uh, uh, Pinheads Pinball podcast out of Melbourne, mm-hmm. their latest ap- episode was over three hours long. Over three hours? Over three wow, hours. Wow, that's amazing. And I thought that was going to be terrible, but I listened to it at work and I was like, I didn't really. Was three hours? Wow. Okay. Oh, uh, so. um, who was the guy that you unfortunately did not connect with because we were negligent? Oh about? yeah, Alex, Alex? wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Alex Tube. Yeah, shout out to Alex yeah. for writing in and apologies again for right. missing that email. 
you and Kayla oh, could have gone out and played pinball. Yeah. It would have been a lot of fun. Sorry about that. And then quick shout out to Pintown.org. Yes. Which um, was at the UK pinball party. This guy is uh, kind of composing his own, not versions, but like um, files of classic pinball games like I pl- and and adding a audio out jack on the, to the cabinet so that you can put on headphones and play with all the sounds in your headphones. So I played Twilight Zone with like a really decent like... Uh, version of the soundtrack to Twilight Zone mm-hmm. and the callouts and like everything was on point and perfect. Word. And it's just in your head there. So like you don't have to worry about like loud crowds around you at a bar. That's very neat. It's mm-hmm. it's really fun to see um, companies popping up working on individual yeah. things. Kind of like the Color DMD folks what Definitely. they're doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right. So I guess we should just uh, we should probably wrap things up here and uh, there's no name that game this time. Sorry guys. Uh but if you have suggestions, send them to us. Yeah, uh, and we, you know, th- we had that great suggestion of int- reintroducing the one to beat in yeah. uh, uh, Pincast here, and uh, I think we'll do that for episode twelve. So that uh, good. stay tuned for that. Maybe the, on a new, Kiss. yeah, maybe so. Keep it skill shot. Yeah, that's a, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just sneak preview of our next episode. It should be um drop in just a week or so before halloween and it will be the kiss episode mm-hmm. so looking forward to that um yeah stay tuned for the one to beat uh if you're listening to this the day it drops uh in the morning then uh just a reminder there is that city hall hearing at 3 30 p.m yeah. you can go to shorty goes to washington that facebook group and find out all about it allison ray has been killing it She's uh awesome. allison's Slaying just it. great yeah slayers um <laughs> so and uh and you're also listening to this just at least a few days after maybe later uh past the skillshot eighth anniversary party and yeah. uh which spoiler was alert a hoot and holler. exactly yeah. uh so uh please write th- to us at uh, sorry go ahead oh, i was gonna say i think that this the facebook event has nearly 900 people attending oh which, yeah that's actually yeah. for the rally thing going right, next right. to it so but yeah. there'll be spillover <laughs> oh it's going to be nuts yeah it'll be a great time you all had a great time yeah um as did we so yeah write to us at skillshot at Sorry, Skillshot let me try pincast. this again. Skillshot Pincast, yes. At gmail.com. <laughs> Skillshot Pincast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We've loved hearing from you guys so far, and we want to mm-hmm. hear more from you. Uh, Thank you to Jim, who bought two Babes and Pinland t-shirts, which are still available if anyone would like them for $10 yeah, a piece. They're pretty rad. Oh, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to mention this because I saw this today on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like we've got a new location downtown in Seattle that has... I think six games. Rad. Charlie, yeah, Charlie Martin uh, from uh, the Pinball Museum posted this, so I think oh, okay. they're his machines, which mean they're probably in great shape. Yeah. Um, and they were. It was a great lineup. It was like Lord of the Rings, Wizard of Oz, Ooh. Kingpin, like Earthshaker, like cool. It's right downtown, so I'm I'm gonna go there. I right. hope they don't mind that I'm not gonna buy a steak. I'm just gonna play some <laughs> pinball, maybe get a drink. So yeah, shout uh, out to Adam Jenkins who works on those games and helps them keep them in good shape. Yeah, for sure, great. Also, crew. I heard about one. Uh, Jules Mays opened a second location in South Seattle that has oh, four really? pins. Yeah, and they're Shorty's games. I had no idea. That's yeah, very I just good. learned that from Evan McBride who works on the Shorty's games. Who, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, maybe another sneak preview yeah. or something there. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks for the handful of you that have uh, gone on iTunes and we we've gotten a few more uh, ratings and reviews. So really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah. And I, is there anything else to cover right now? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, if, if you're like living in a cave, then you may not have heard about Jack Danger's Dead Flip uh, Twitch stream of Game of Thrones pinball, which 
it looks really awesome. Cool. I know a lot of people were over underwhelmed about the the artwork because the license is so beloved to people, but mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. impossible to meet everybody's expectations. <laughs> Absolutely, for that. as as much as we can knock on Stern for a while, like you know, we're going to keep our expectations in check for right. that. You know. And in I, I didn't see much of it, but you said you really liked it. Yeah, the, it's really the, cool. Uh, the play I, of it. Yeah. I think it's got a good flow. It's got um, some Iron Man-esque elements where there's like whiplash kind of kickback shots oh, from yeah. the dragon. They do that well. Yeah. And I mean, you get to watch Steve Ritchie play it, which who's oh, the designer of it. There we go. Right? That'll so, get no yeah. better way. Well, I'm I'm excited to see Game of Thrones come out. Um, and I'm Pinball's excited. Pinball coming. Yeah, Pinball is coming. <laughs> Brace yourself. <laughs> and oh boy, and the Hobbit should be here shortly, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Oh, so many things. Get ready. It's it's getting to be official pinball season when you want to stay indoors and drink with your friends and play pinball. So we'll see you all out there. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us again, guys. Cheers. Cheers.